Welcome to the Hoosier Ag Today Thursday podcast on the 25th of January 2024. I'm Andy Eubank. The podcast today brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust. Experience banking built on heart, grit, and agriculture. FFBT.com for more and stop by your local branch to talk about your ag operation. Coming up today, Eric Pfeiffer and Sabrina Halverson on the news, including Indiana cattle producers at the American Farm Bureau Convention and what it takes for seed companies to set themselves apart. Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin has another wet forecast. And yesterday, corn and wheat solid. Tom Fritz has analysis on the Hoosier Ag Today Thursday podcast. At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we know that when agriculture thrives, we all do. It's the heart and grit of our agricultural communities that keep the crops coming in and the livestock cared for day and night. That's why we build financial solutions around the needs and schedules of our ag clients. If you're looking for a financial partner that has over 135 years experience in understanding and supporting agriculture, we want to hear from you. Let's harvest success together. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC, equal opportunity lender. Making agriculture your life's work comes with challenges that can leave you feeling alone. I'm Bruce Kettler, President and CEO of the Agribusiness Council of Indiana. And when you're a member of ACI, you have agribusiness advocates in your corner, similar agribusiness members to network with, and opportunities for continued education. If your business serves Indiana agriculture, we need your perspective and hope you'll become a member of ACI. Visit inagribiz.org. The Agribusiness Council of Indiana, strengthening and connecting Indiana agribusiness. Bids are being accepted now for 346 acres of Indiana farmland. Halderman Real Estate Services brings you an opportunity to own top quality farmland in Carroll County, featuring four sizable tracts of tillable cropland and grain bin totaling over 346 acres. Visit halderman.com for information on the Flora Group Legacy Auction. Bids will be accepted until January. January 31st at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Visit Halderman.com or call A.J. Jordan, 317-697-3086. Equal housing opportunity. The importance of checkoffs and seed companies trying to set themselves apart from the rest. I'm Eric Pfeiffer. This is Hoosier Ag Today. The American Farm Bureau just wrapped up their convention yesterday in Salt Lake City. Our Sabrina Halverson was there in Utah and caught up with Indiana cattle producer Norman Voiles Jr. He's also the immediate past chair of the Cattlemen's Beef Board. Voiles shared with Sabrina the importance of the beef checkoff program. We do research. The big thing always is promotion of beef. And then we do uh, consumer education and then producer education of you know what the checkoff actually is. In this day and age, how important is promotion of beef? Oh, it's tremendously important. When we look at a cow herd that's about one-third less than it was in 1985 when it was formed, when we're looking at a dollar, which is the same amount that we were collecting then, uh, is worth 35% of it is at that time, you know, promotion of our product is extremely important. In the last year, we've been looking at some record demands uh, for beef, and in large part, that's due to 35, 36 years of the beef checkoff and what they've done to promote beef. How important is it that they understand what the checkoff does? Oh, I think it's extremely important because uh, knowledge is power and a knowledge of the beef checkoff then they can become involved and maybe suggest programs that some of our contractors could do. Also, um, just be able to talk to other producers around the country that may say, you know, 
what's the checkoff actually doing for us? And they can give them specific programs that some of our contractors are doing in terms of whether it be uh, human nutrition research using beef or whether it be beef safety or beef quality assurance. Things like that, that the beef checkoff is directly involved in and can inform producers around the country. Again, that's Indiana Cattleman Norman Voiles Jr., immediate past chair of the Cattleman's Beef Board. Hear more of his conversation with Sabrina at HoosierAgToday.com. It's meeting and farm show season, a time for farmers to make plans and decisions for planting season. Seed companies are doing their best to set themselves apart from the rest to earn your business. At last week's Fort Wayne Farm Show, Seed Genetics Direct Vice President Todd Jeffries told Hat that customer feedback prompted some changes in their seed business. We were getting more and more customers asking to have their soybeans treated without an insecticide. So I started digging deep into the issue. It was one of those things, the only positives I can find were from companies that make and sell insecticides. So Jeffries started to dig even deeper. He found a 12-year multi-university study that addressed the issue. It included Purdue, Ohio State, uh, Michigan State, Iowa State, all the ag universities in the Corn Belt. And their study said there was little to no benefit of insecticide on soybeans. It also said we're killing off ground beetles, which is the number one predator for slugs. We're getting more and more replants due to slug damage every year. And a big reason why is because we're killing off their predator. And that prompted them to remove the insecticide from their seed treatment. Since they took that out, Jeffrey said they added a couple of things in. We added a product called Germate Plus that is a growth promoter. It's a biological. And then, um, you know, one thing we've gotten away from in the seed industry over the years is uh, inoculation on soybeans. It's kind of a pain to put on at the planter level, and everybody forgets they need it until they're getting ready to go out to plant. So we did find an inoculation called Enforce that once it's treated on the bean, it lasts for 240 days. Their seed treatment now includes three fungicides, that growth promoter and that inoculant. Seed Genetics Direct will continue their farm show season at the National Farm Machinery Show in Louisville, February 14th through the 17th, and then on to Houston for Commodity Classic in late February, early March. I'm Eric Pfeiffer, Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's Farm Network. Let's face it, operating a farm isn't going to get any less expensive this year. That's why an operating loan from Farm Credit Bid America is built to give you more cash back and more flexibility in how you are able to manage your funds. Learn more at fcma.com operating and get an operating loan that pays you back. Loan subject to credit approval. Additional terms and conditions may apply. Farm Credit Bid America is an equal opportunity lender. The High Ground Podcast. Everything from energy and fuel. It's uh, Memorial Day weekend, going to be 87 to 89, maybe low 90s all weekend. So we thought we'd bring Scott Heine in. So we'll talk about home heat. <laughs> <laughs> to agriculture. Anytime we can help a farmer grow their business and meet their goals, that's a proud moment for me. And, well, other things. For some reason, like and subscribe. We don't know why, but that's important. We want you to do it on your own, but we're going to tell you. <laughs> Listen now on all platforms. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Ag Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. Your setup for your Thursday is a wet one. We may not see rain right away here, but through the day, rain comes up from the south. Another surge with this weather system working its way through. 
I think from this afternoon through tonight and the first part of tomorrow, we're going to be dealing with plentiful moisture across the region. Rain, maybe even a few rumbles of thunder. At this point, I'm going to say quarter to three-quarter inch rainfall totals easily happen. I won't even rule out an inch on the top end in a few locations due to some thunderstorm activity or thunder shower activity. I think we dry slot pretty quick, probably Friday late morning to midday, and we finish the day with clouds and some sunshine for Friday, still staying mild. Then we cool down just a bit for Saturday. Another weather system we're in, working right up the Ohio River Valley on Sunday will bring a little bit of moisture to southern tier counties of Indiana from probably late Saturday afternoon through Sunday. The spread of this does not look nearly as impressive, but I think we can pick up probably a quarter of an inch or less of moisture. At this point, I'm saying rain. To cool temperatures may give us a little pause in the overnight, but we'll see. Going into Sunday, we stay chilly with a mix of clouds and sun trying to come back. Monday, cool to start with warming helming in the afternoon. And then we are very warm Tuesday through Friday of next week, 10 to 20 degrees above normal for this time of year. With the warmth, we are dry. That should promote a decent round of evaporation, which I think will be needed after this week's rain and you go with it, the snow melt that we're seeing. Uh, it's just a sloppy muddy mess. We're going to need to dry things down pretty quickly, and I think the temperatures in the sun at next week, Tuesday through Friday, will help with that. I'll also tell you then, as we see going forward, there is a major weather system with a lot of monsoonal moisture trying to work into the Four Corners region, the southwestern United States. I believe that's going to start to kick out with waves of cloud cover and maybe a little bit of moisture Friday into the plains, and I do think that this is going to be our next weather maker here, likely at the end of the weekend of the third and fourth or into the beginning of the week of the fifth so just gear up we're going to have another rainmaker headed our way yes right now i'm seeing all rain as there's no cold air anywhere with this system as we get into the start of february that's the way things are stacking up have a great rest of your day i'm meteorologist ryan martin higher moves for corn and wheat futures this is hoosier ag today I'm Ian Eubank with the Wednesday Farm Market Review. I'll have the settlements coming up momentarily. First, to find out what happened on Wednesday, I checked in for thoughts from Tom Fritz at EFG Group at the end of trade. Tom, a bump in the corn and wheat markets with double-digit gains in Chicago wheat and a flat day in soybeans overall. It did appear money flow favored the corn and wheat markets led by wheat Nothing fundamentally has changed, though, has it? Well, if you want to call them wannabe fundamentals. You know, the bottom line uh, to the corn market, Andy, there's just way too many shorts in there, way too many spec shorts. So last Thursday, we registered a, mm, call it a simple reversal, new contract lows, higher close. And the markets had a uh, mm, sideways to firm bias since. What's the catalyst? Well, you can... You can point to a number of items. Uh, okay, uh, how about uh, concerns over Brazil's second season corn crop? How about a hot and dry forecast for Argentina, their first one of the season? Uh, a lower U.S. dollar, firm crude oil. Uh, so, you know, you get a number of these items, uh, strong wheat prices. It doesn't take much to get a market that's excessively short uh, to give us some short covering. And I think that's all we're seeing in the corn market. Uh, wheat market, it's, it's kind of similar, but I think the wheat market's got some, uh, well, some better technical buying, if you will. Uh, some immediate trend lines that have been in place for a while were taken out uh, yesterday. 
the flip-flop between the uh, Kansas City market and the Chicago market, I don't understand it. You know, the uh, Chicago had been, uh, you know, trying to lead the way with uh, firm price action. Uh, what was it? Uh, what's today? Wednesday, Monday. Uh, Chicago wheat was strong. Kansas City wheat was barely uh, higher on the day than yesterday. Kansas City wheat noticeably higher on the day. And Chicago wheat barely higher on the day. I'm not sure what that's all about. But what I do see as relatively consistent is uh, both spreads are working. And I don't see the business that would suggest the, the need for bull spreads to work. So it would suggest we've got some short covering happening, lack of cash movement. Uh, and as I said, I think we've got some technical buying, some chart-based buying, uh, as some immediate downtrend lines uh, have been taken out over the last day or two. So I think that's got the wheat market going. Uh, lower dollar this morning, and you know when the uh, wheat market opened, uh, the dollar was uh, noticeably lower. Uh, not so ugly right now, uh, as it is 50 points off its low. But you know when the grain market's open and you've got a dollar index that's 80 lower, you know, the grain market pays attention. So you know I think uh, that was a catalyst for higher wheat prices today. Soybeans, soybeans have now rallied since, uh, what was it, last Friday's low, last Thursday's low, uh, at 12.01, 45-cent rally. Is that a big deal in the bean market? No, it's not. What's the catalyst? Okay, how big is the uh, Brazilian soybean crop? Hot and dry forecast, the first hot and dry forecast for Argentina. Soybeans? Yeah, we've got a modest amount of spec shorts over there. Soybean meal. Soybean meal the other day trades down to 351. And today it makes a high at 371, or excuse me, uh, today's high was uh, 366. So what's that $15 rally about? Cash meal in this country uh, for the domestic user, basis levels have come down. The export market has not come down. So, but uh, if you notice today that uh, in the meal market, bear spreads were working. So, you know, maybe this, this rally is just a uh, rally in a bear market. But, uh, you know, the concerns are there, the size of the uh, Brazilian soybean crop. Um, you know, what happens if this uh, forecast for hot and dry for Argentina continues, especially when people have been hanging their hats on the idea that uh, Argentine soybean production would go, uh, you know, relatively far in offsetting uh, a short or shorter than expected uh, Brazilian soybean crop. So, you know, I think these are just mostly technical factors, uh, given uh, the market's uh, recent degree of oversold. Uh, soybean business, it's no great shakes, at least for, you know, the U.S. Uh, I think uh, Brazil, uh, their Brazilian uh, lineup is starting to increase again. So, you know, that's indicative of uh, their harvest getting underway. It's only like, what, maybe 5 6% done, but... Uh, you know, they move those beans to uh, export, and it's hard not to notice that the uh, the lineup for exports is starting to increase. So uh, bottom line, um, you know, a lot of folks uh, continue to be bearish in the grain markets. Um, that may be, but I think we got to the point, if you wanted these markets to go any lower than what we saw, they had to go higher first. And, you know, they get some short covering in here, get some new longs, because Markets sustain lower prices on liquidation. 
not so much new short selling. So that's uh, that's the way I'm viewing the markets today. Tom Fritz there, EFG Group in Chicago. It's the Hat Wednesday Farm Market Review and better than nickel gains in front month corn futures on Wednesday. March corn four fifty two and a quarter. May goes to four sixty two and a half. Both contracts gain a nickel and three quarters, and almost a nickel higher on July four seventy and three quarters. Mixed in the bean market and right near even March. Up three quarters at 1240 and a quarter, May down a half cent, 1246 and a half. 14 and a quarter higher, March wheat, it ends at 610 and three quarters. The meat's higher too, February live cattle up 70 at 175.35, and February lean hog 73.90 up 60 cents. I'm Andy Eubank with the Wednesday Review. This is Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's leading farm network.